So today on Vulnerable, we are welcoming Kimberly J. Brown to the podcast. She is an amazing actress. She's also a wonderful singer. And many of you know her from Halloween Town and Quince. But many of you do not know just how far back she and I go. So in New York City, Kimberly and I grew up together from the time we were around seven or eight years old. We have been in each other's lives and not been in each other's lives. So it was really fun to learn all about the different things that she has been up to, whether it was soap operas and Broadway shows, and how she is doing ever since Halloween Town and Quince. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is The Vulnerable Podcast. Guys, today on Vulnerable, yes, we are missing Brendan Keith Rooney. Um, he He's not here. He's busy. But what's cool about that is that he is not here. I'm sad that he's not here, but I'm also happy that he's not here. Because we get to chat just Kimberly J. Brown and I. We just get to hang and, and chat. It's different when you bring a, a, a husband in the room, when mm-hmm. you're chatting with your good friend. Because it's like we have our own language that, by the way, we have perfected for decades. I don't know if people know this. I think that people think that me and Kim... Uh, maybe have known each other since Disney days, but it actually mm-hmm. goes way, way, way back. And we're going to talk about that today on Vulnerable, amongst many other things. But like legit, I would say that one of my oldest and dearest friends is Kimberly J. Brown. She's <laughs> with me today. So hi, Kim. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> hey, is your hair darker by chance? We're getting to see each other over Riverside, but it looks beautiful. Thank you. It's actually not any darker than when I saw you in... Yeah. March. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. No. It looks great because I, when I grew up, I remember you having like reddish hair. It, no, a- I actually, I, no, I had, my hair naturally is very dark brown. Okay. And it kind okay. of, it was a little lighter and then I went blonde for a while, all these, you know, different variations oh. of, of highlights and blondness. And then Kim, I kind of I have been, honestly, our industry is notorious for making you feel like you're not enough, right? So you're always like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, sure. I literally, I had red hair. I had jet black hair. I had blonde, bleach blonde hair. You can Google these pictures of me. And they, <laughs> that is the evolution of Crazy Christy in her 20s. And like, it's like, oh, I, I I remember exactly where I was in my emotional, you know, I don't know if you want to call it like upheaval, but like I could be like, oh, that's why I went blonde. Because I, when we grew up back in the day, did they or did they not always have a brunette, a blonde, and like they always had like a wild card choice. Um, <laughs> it back in the day when we were growing up in the early '90s toy commercials, which you yourself oh, have boy. done like hundreds of. There was also yeah, there was always just an interesting selection, but like certain companies were known for being having very strict standards as to like how they wanted the kids to look, and it was a very just a, yeah, an interesting introduction as a kid to weird company standards that it was like, well, I don't know, like she's, her tooth is a little loose, so I don't know if she's going to be, you know, like it, it just, yeah, it was so, oh, I remember being a kid trying to understand what all of it meant. It was, yeah. Do, do you remember your first flipper? Oh, yes. Yes. I accidentally okay. threw away my flipper. 
oh, at some yeah. point when I got older and I was devastated because it was like that little piece of my professional childhood that I was like, no, I lost it. Like, okay. yeah. So I don't yeah. know if everybody knows what a flipper is. So a flipper is a, a fake tooth, like a denture that a child <laughs> would put on when their teeth were going missing so that they would have the perfect smile to be able to uh, work. And you'd actually have to use denture glue in a little <laughs> tiny person's mouth, yeah. which... I don't know if I could do that to my kids. Like, I, I think about it now. Not that it was that bad for us. I think we were probably like eight, nine, ten, right? Yeah. That's when you start yeah. losing your teeth. I think it's so, like seven yeah. Is, seven is when you start losing your teeth, which I didn't remember these, like, dates and ages until, like, my kids. And now I'm, I'm like, I'm sure realizing. I don't. Yeah, it all kind of blends together, I think, when you're young. And you're like, <laughs> exactly. what? I don't remember how old I was. Yeah, yeah. Totally blends together. For the longest time, you know, and Kim, you probably have a lot more, like, awareness but tell me what you think. There is so much of our childhood that is missing for me. Like, I'm not saying like this is trauma-based or anything else, but but right. it could it could also be that we learned so much at such a fast rate. It wasn't that we were just learning piano. It wasn't mm-hmm. that we just were learning, but like we were not only perfecting our little crafts as fast as possible to book as much work as we possibly could in a competitive environment with other kids who were, who were learning as fast as they could to mm-hmm. book as much as they could, but we were also learning different material like all the time. And if yes. you weren't going on the audition and learning that material, you were meant to learn as much material as you could so you could bring it into an audition room. Yes, absolutely. And there, I mean, I was on a soap when I was a kid. I started on the oh my show gosh. when I was eight. eight yes. Nine. I was on the show for five years. And that was the best kind of training ground in that sense, because not only did I work with great people, but we would do at least an episode a day. And it was just, I mean, the amount of dialogue and scenes, like you don't, it, it was just pages and pages. And that was kind of the norm for me in a sense. Like that's yeah. what I kind of started with. And so everything you even else read? after that was like, I I could, but I think a lot of it, I, I think it was kind of a combo. I think I understood a lot of it, but some of it, I, I did I did have a good memory in the sense that I think I, I was able to pick it up quickly. So it was probably a combo of me seeing some of it and then you're having my parents read it with me or run it with me kind of thing. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's amazing because I think about that now because I was just on General Hospital for a little bit last year. And I was like, oh, yes, here we are back to like an, an episode and a half a day. Like, oh, yeah. my adult brain doesn't work like the kid brain did. Like, <laughs> I got to take a little bit more time with these lines. You know what? You're right. You really do have that um, elasticity that like sort of just like you can thrive in that environment if that's what's normal for you. And honestly, though, I will say this. What I liked about growing up in the New York child actor world, it was that I think there was a little less of an, like an insulated environment that the entire area was dedicated to that, right? So like, for example, you could go to the commercial, but if you didn't book the commercial, Outside of feeling like, oh, no, I didn't, I'm not like a big booker. Like that was the big term, right? Like, oh, I'm not a big booker, but so-and-so books like a certain Mm -hmm. number of commercials a year. I feel like everybody went through waves, though, in a sense. Yeah, Like sometimes you would like, you know, and then like it would just be different. 
it know, went it was to this person. It was different people, yeah, that would yeah, kind of go no, in right. and out of like, yeah, of getting things the and then the taking a break the and then somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it was also probably just where we were at physically. Yes. So much of that has to do with uh, the demo that they were, they were trying to reach, which now everybody understands all that stuff. But we certainly didn't at that age and our moms <laughs> no. didn't either. Um, yeah. But, but here's the thing. So the commercials weren't, you couldn't take that personally because you yourself, even as a kid, you were like, this is just a toy commercial. Meanwhile, it was the Broadway or it was the theater auditions that were the intense, those, the cattle calls, the open calls, those ones for me were more like, this is like life or death, like leave it on the pavement, sing your heart out. I don't know. Do you remember your first like Broadway show audition? Because Showboat was your, was it your first? Showboat was the third show I did. That was the. Oh my gosh. I I remember my first one. It was a a play at Lincoln Center called Four Baboons Adoring the Sun. It was a John Guare play. I remember. And that. I was seven, I think. <laughs> and I do remember bits and pieces of that audition. And I don't remember there being. I remember there being maybe a little bit of like scenes, but. They also asked me if I could tell them a story or something I was doing in school. And I remember I recited, there wasn't a lady who swallowed a fly poem. <laughs> and that was, that was You're the like, audition. You're like, I nailed but that audition. I'm like, yeah, I knew that one. Nailed but it. I do remember auditioning for Les Mis and singing right. solo at eight. And I think about that now. And that's another one of those situations where I... I did not have the same nerves that I do now. There wasn't always that same level of, of like pressure and awareness with me as a kid. It was like, 100%. oh, this would be really cool. But then it just wasn't that thing of, of, oh, I didn't book it. Like, I just, I don't know. My kid, you know, I just moved to the next. Okay, so what yeah. are we going to do tomorrow? And my parents were yeah. always really great at focusing on that instead of the audition. Like, okay, well, let's, you know, go to the park. Or, you know, there was never that kind of pressure in that way. But yeah. then when I ended up doing the show and all that they taught us at such a young age and we had to be at places and, and do a lot of like the backstage prep work by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot. Like now that I'm uh -huh. older, I'm like, that was a lot to give an eight-year-old <laughs> kid. And then, you know, the stage turns and you're sitting on the stage by yourself and you just start singing to the to the whole darkness. theater. Yeah. To darkness too. Like yes. as a little kid, like my daughter... Granted, well, I wouldn't say she's not afraid of the dark, but she has nightlights. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a Happy price. Got your happy price, price line. And mm -hmm. when you're looking into the black abyss as a little kid and you're singing your heart out and then you have this uproarious applause, what does that <laughs> feel like? Do you remember what that was like? I do. I remember the first time I went out because the first time you meet young Cosette in the in the show the stage rotates and the, and the uh -huh. Fontaine and Valjean scene ends before. So you're kind of sitting, listening to it end. And I remember having like a little bit of nerves and then going, okay, here I go. And, but for me, actually the blackness, like I, I wasn't sure what it was going to look like, but I think because it was so dark and you couldn't see people's faces, it was almost comforting for me because it right. wasn't, 
I, I couldn't tell what people were thinking. And so I just sat and sang and, and once I did it like the first time I, I didn't want to leave the stage. And that was always, I just was always like, Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I want to go back and do it again. Oh, that's good. Throughout my whole career. That's always been the barometer for me, frankly, like, you know, to see if I was, if I'm still enjoying doing this and like, and acting and still, <laughs> you know, and to make sure I still get that, that same level of like fulfillment from it. But Oh, um, 100%. Yeah. I think it was kind of comforting in a sense to have it, to have it so dark, but it was also, it, you know, it was strange. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it's a surreal moment yeah, for sure. It it's like almost like you're suspended in space through time because where mm -hmm. else, where else? Like, I, I mean, look, social media, you get a lot of attention. You get a lot of eyeballs on your TikTok within a 24 hour time frame or whatever. And, mm -hmm. um, but not in an instant necessarily. Like if you yes. go live, okay, granted, if you go live, you could be performing live and like that's, but that's, that's sort of the same thing as mm -hmm. if you were performing live. When you see the number of how many people are joining, like you're live, you can, you can know that there's that many people's eyeballs on you. So in some way that's the new proscenium is, is, you know, your, yeah. your iPhone, the edges of your iPhone are the new <laughs> theater proscenium in a weird way. But like, there is nothing quite like a live, you know, how, how many people were in the theater of that one? Oh, was gosh. it the Orpheum? Was it the Orpheum? It was the Imperial Theater. Mm -hmm. Imperial. And I, I don't know, but probably, I, I don't know. Yeah, at least, I think. Yeah. But Hundreds. Yes. And, and that was when it really clicked for me in the sense of like, oh, wow. I remember being like, oh my gosh, I'm out here all by myself <laughs> and here I go, you know. And you loved it. And you loved oh, it. I did. amazing. I love I to did. hear that. Yeah. Why do you think kids love to perform? What makes a kid love to perform versus not? Is it a personality thing? Perhaps. I mean, I think I, I always enjoyed trying on other personalities and other behaviors and characters and stuff is one of the reasons why my parents put me in like a, it was like a performing arts or, or some kind of class because I was constantly dressing up at home and yeah. just, you know, doing stuff in the mirror. And like, just, I was always, I had several imaginary friends. Like I was just, I, you know, I, was, I was very busy in my yeah, life. You were very busy. <laughs> I um, was booked and busy before I was, I was just, I was busy. busy. Yeah. And so they put me in like a kind of a, like a theater class or performing arts, just an arts class to kind of, you know, get it yeah. out in a sense and have a place. And that was. Wait, was this in Maryland? It was in Maryland. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then okay. we started, I think the story goes, if I remember correctly, from what I've heard, because I do not remember this class at of all. Of course not. But right? um, it was, I was like four or five and some talent scouts came down from New York. And I think I was one of the, to the only class? ones. Yeah, to kind of okay. watch the kids. Okay. And it was never really like, I think my parents' goal in the sense of like, let's put her in the class so she can get right. into the business. But they, right. the people came and I think I was one of the only ones that they said, well, if she, if she ever wanted to do it professionally, like we would recommend like that she do it. She seems like and a good candidate. And come to New York. And see, yeah. Maryland, Maryland isn't too far from New York City. No, what it's was only it like, like for a four-hour drive. So okay. we started driving back and forth and auditioning and that sort of thing. And right when I did a little bit of print, I think I did a, a I did a, like a music video. I did a, my first national commercial I was cut out of. And then I think right You're when okay we, about that though. No, You're I'm still yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm totally She's fine. fine. We've accepted yeah, it. No, we have, We've, yes. We have years <laughs> of therapy later. No, I'm kidding. 
Um, there have been, believe me, there have been several things that I've been cut out of since then. So it was only a, you know, it was a, <laughs> it was an early like preview of here. This Lesson. is your life. This yeah, is yeah. The, this is the career you're choosing. <laughs> Enjoy. But right when we like, we're kind of going, okay, this is, you know, maybe this is where we kind of slow this down. And this has been fun is when I booked four baboons are during the sun. And then it kind of, then I kept working from there and we got an apartment in New York and like, it just, then, wow. then I did okay. showboat after Les Mis. And then, and then I was doing yeah. showboat and guiding light at the same time for a bit. I think about that now. And I'm like, Ooh, like, yeah, that is crazy. Cause yeah. okay. And now let me, let me get this right. So you didn't go to PCS, right? Like you, you did you I go did to a performing not. arts school or you did homeschooling? No. I did. Yeah. I started in public school and then, yeah, we did like an independent study program, I think from like second grade on my first grade teacher actually said that I was a good candidate for it just outside of, I think it was even before we had thought about doing the business or anything like that. She just had said that to my parents separately. And then, so yeah, I did independent study and I ended up using a program that, um, which it, it doesn't seem as exciting now because technology has progressed so much, but we had classes um, on videotapes, so ah. I would I would take that to like to the show and stuff, and and it was different then because they didn't have the same New York didn't have like the same regulations and stuff for kids like they do now. So really, yeah, they didn't like it. It, it wasn't. Like if you took your kid out of school, that was it. It was your job oh, then to get the hours. Well, I mean, I mean, like when uh, when we were filming, it wasn't oh, okay. like there there wasn't. You didn't you know, have when to I moved dock to California, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I moved to California, then suddenly it was like, oh, we have to do three hours of school, and we're only oh, you such know like lame. I know what you're talking about. It I was, was like, so lame. Yes, it, it felt like prison, and it that did. Was, <laughs> and that's not fun because like you're talking to two girls that are like you're like you've got like a CPA like license, right? Like, I don't know if a lot of people know how smart of a cookie you are. I have an associate's in accounting, but please don't ask me to balance a damn thing. Cause I, if I get in trouble, I'm coming but to you. Okay? I have a taxes. And then I ended up getting a bachelor's in business management. See? Cause I wanted so, to, yeah. And it's funny because that was your choice to get educated in that regard. And yes. you're still in the business. A lot of people really made education unsexy. I don't, I don't mean to use that term in relation to the childhood development, but they mm-hmm. made it seem like it was not meritorious. Like it wasn't something, and I hope I'm using that word right because I need more education. You are apparently. using a lot of fancy words today. I'm, I'm here trying for it. I'm really, here for it. really hard. <laughs> You're doing so great. Please feel free. <laughs> to troll me. So wait a minute. So you're independent studying. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I don't know if people understand how crazy that is to do eight shows a week as a, you said, a Um, seven-year-old. And then doing your filming of the many, many different lines in the day. So let's bring it up to when we met, which was Broadway Kids, but I was probably around 11 or maybe like 11 or 12. Um, that's so I believe. funny. But I feel I, like we met before that during the whole like commercial audition scene. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of people that we met through that, like just seeing each other and at a lot of auditions. Yes. And they were like, oh, you're not a crazy mean looking mom. <laughs> right, like, let's right, hang right. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great because those, a lot of the moms would kind of uh, you know, the ones that kind of got along and like would, you know, would, would huddle and like, you know, everybody yeah. would try to like help each other out or, you know, have yeah. you heard of this happening or this and yes, kind of look, try would. to look out for each other. And yeah. in turn, I think it, it encouraged that in all the kids. Cause we were just, 
there to have fun anyway. And it was always disappointing when you would meet somebody and their kid that was not, you know, that was a little oh more God. competitive or whatever. And it was just like, it doesn't have to be like this. Like we're all, so much of this is so out of our hands. Like, let's just, you know, have some fun and whoever's kids gets it, gets it, you know, like that. I will say that in LA, competitiveness is generally the norm, I think, um, mm-hmm. at least within the younger. And, and I feel like there's a lot less like, unless they're in the same class or the same school or they've worked together and something kind of like that, it's less fraternal that way. And in New York, the New York actors, they were, I mean, we know, like the casting agents were always like preferring New York actor kids because they thought they were more like genuine and more like less polished and less like, I don't know, sticky. I don't even know if that's the word. But <laughs> there was, I, I remember when, when we were coming up, the feedback a lot of time was, ooh, we want the New York actor kids. Like they've got theater background. So they're like super professional and they know how to hit their marks and like remember Uh, their lines. Okay. I don't remember that as much, but I'm sure, uh, yes. It's it's funny that I would get sometimes feedback that I remember, the one I remember the most was I I was from Maryland and I guess said certain words as Marylanders do. Oh, really? And they noticed it in New York. (laughs) They were like, oh, she's got a little bit of a dialect accent thing there. And I'm like, what? No, I don't. That's ridiculous. Not a single time in my entire life have I ever heard you and been like, oh, that's a Maryland, Baltimorean accent. Now that when I go back, because my sister still lives there, I have so much family still there. I hear it in certain words, so I guess, but I just always thought that was the strangest thing. Like, from, like, movies and stuff like that, they were like... It's like what Tina Fey does, right? She does that accent, right? I think she does that a little bit of that sometimes. She also does, is it Pittsburgh? Or, like, it is, sometimes the East Coast, some of those words, they... Sometimes I hear it, I'm trying to think of it. Sometimes it's, like, home, or I don't know. Oh, there you go. It's the O and the A's, I think, sometimes, because I hear it, like, in my sister sometimes when I call her. I'm like, oh, there. It's so light. We learn what different, like, uh, dialects are by, like, well, we're, okay, so you want a Southern, but which, you know, where is she from? I need to know, because they're all so different. It's so funny. Oh, and now you can just go on YouTube. Now you can just go on YouTube and and teach yourself so many aspects of acting that we, as young actors, had to scramble to find out how to do. We had, like... We went I went to mean, the we... library and like oh, had yeah. to pull up stuff. Because oh my god, that's so true. There were no computers. Like there wasn't. You know, it was like okay, that's let's so... go try to find a recording in the library so you can listen to it a couple of times before your audition. Dude, you just pulled up a memory for me that I didn't even <laughs> know was there. But okay, speaking back to the whole competitive like momager people. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple people, and I will not say names out of respect to any of those people because they've all grown up, and I'm sure they have very amazing lives or they have their own lives. But there was one mom that I remember would dye her kid's hair blonde. Oh, wow. And, and she was our age. She was like seven, six. It was in the early stage of my career. And I remember Mm -hmm. she would bleach her, her daughter's hair so that she could be like bubbly, bright blonde to like book the commercials. And I remember Mm -hmm. her mom being pretty like dance mom, cougar lady. Mm -hmm. And then there was another mom who, uh, Russian. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay. And her daughter was super talented and and it was it was hard, you know, eventually that 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 girl decided to get out of the business right when you and I were kind of like coming to LA and like we kind of started our our next chapter in our mm-hmm. in our careers cuz what happened was is were you repped by Abby Bluestone or SEM&M? I was for a while. Yeah. See, in, this is why people yeah. in the story 
they just have to listen to this podcast and try to come up with a trajectory for our relationship because there's a lot of different circles that coincide. We need a Venn diagram totally. of Kim and Christy. I know, yeah. And yeah, like we we were both repped by, I guess then, Ann Lauren and Abby Bluestone. Yes, um, I love Abby, them. Abby Bluestone ended up moving over to Innovative Artist in L.A., Mm-hmm. And Abby was the reason I moved. I even tried to go to LA right after my Lincoln Center show parade was oh, um, okay. Had g- kiboshed, and we got severance pay because Live Event went broke, and so we had like two oh. weeks of pay. And Showboat was a Live Event show, but I think I th- I left the show before it ended. But it was probably oh. it was probably a little bit. It was probably before parade. Maybe parade was. When, so when did you Footloose. Do- so Footloose became like this new version of Broadway where people were coming to Broadway to be entertained, not to be moved and like, you know, throw the Tony nominations around. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like that sort of high art form anymore. It became I saw it on Broadway. It was great. Footloose? Yeah. I didn't get to I didn't get to see it. But see, and that's the thing is like when you're on a, like a, a Lincoln Center show, people can't help but hate on that commercialism and 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 that mm. was where that was when basically Disney was coming into Times Square and fixing it up. You and I were auditioning okay. in like the nineties <laughs> Times Square. You know what I mean? Like that's yes. where we were going. Well, how did your mom deal with that? So was she like super strict about keeping you safe? How was your mom? Because I know mom was. Oh, they nuts. always yes. It I do remember. I mean, I still use it to this day in the sense when I'm walking around wherever I am really, but like yeah. there was always a sense of, um, they taught us about how people would come up and try to, in teams and try to talk to you so that one person could come up and like try to take something from you while the other one distracted you. And like, there was these cer- certain things that they taught us about, like, because they were like, New York is not, you can't trust everybody that comes up to you. And, you know, you always walk with a purpose and like all these things that, I learned very young that I still, I feel myself doing sometimes when I'm stopped like in LA or whatever, you know, you yeah. kind of look around a little bit to make sure, you know, you're always aware of your yeah. surroundings, I guess. And that was something that was ingrained in me very young um, yes, because absolutely. of New York and because yeah. it happened to us, I think at least once really? ha- we, we had a bag mugged? swiped. Well, it was like, I think. I think we were unloading some bags from the van or something one night and somebody distracted my dad and there was some bags out on the street. And so somebody else walked by and literally just picked one up and walked off. Okay. Maybe that was also one of those times that, you know, my parents used as a, like a a learning, a a lesson, but it was like, oh wow. It was just so quick and, you know, nothing scary at all or anything like that. But it was just like, it it was, it showed how easily, and I think there were some other times too, but it was, Hey, do you, do you remember that one apartment building that everyone wanted to live in because it was rent controlled and super cheap and affordable? It was the equity buildings and you'd have to get a lot on a lottery to live in these places. And they were on and still are, I believe 43rd and like 10th and 11th like avenues, like they're way down there. I, I don't, don't know if they're still there, to be honest, because of how real estate market is these days. But totally, they were meant to be housing for the theater actors. And so they were rent controlled. You know, people would sublet them out if they went on tour. And so you'd be able to find like, you know. Oh, okay. But I that don't was remember like, that as, as much. We had this same apartment down on the Lower East Side for years and years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you guys end up buying it or... 
No, I think we just ended up, we, we were up in the Upper West Side, I want to say, at first, and then we were down on the Lower East Side for just for years and then ended up yeah, yeah moving to, to California after that. Okay. Kind of, I was still going back and forth, too, because I was finishing up a storyline on, on the soap. And then I think it was then, then I got Halloween Town and Tumbleweeds back to back and I kind of had to go, okay, sorry, like I can't do, I can't do that Now, you know what's anymore. crazy? You and I kind of crossed paths so many different times. But what yes. I find really interesting Kim, is that you worked with Disney Channel way before I did. Oh, I I did? I don't remember. Yeah. See, I don't remember what, because I think, so I yeah, was I guess that makes sense, because I did Halloween Town in, when I was 13, because that was like the only second or third ever original, uh, Disney Channel original movie they did. Okay. And I remember, because I, I remember I think the first time running into you was at, you were at the, they did a, like a premiere for Quince. And that okay. was, I think, when I remember running into you in like Irvine or something. It was. Oh like, my God! Really? You were oh, there. County. Wow! It was really? like yeah, the amphitheater down there. I remember it was like a a little event they were throwing for the release of the movie, and I remember you were there, and I was like, wait a second, like, Man, and I that think you were been... already doing even Stevens at the time, like, oh wow, because I was been, okay. probably 16 well, I'm thirty. Or okay, so I'm I'm thirty eight. How old are you? I'm 37, but... Okay, so we're the same age. Okay, (laughs) so you were 16, you were like 16, 17 during Quince? When Quince came out, yeah. So then that means that we were filming. So I think that's, yeah, that was, because I knew you were working on Even Stevens, but that was, I think, the first time we actually ran into each other. Why weren't you on Even Stevens? Why weren't you on more Disney Channel, like, original shows? That's interesting to me. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. (laughs) It's weird how they were trying to set apart... So, you know, they had Lee Thompson Young. They had mm. uh, the Jet Jackson franchise, yes. which was which was very different than... They were doing a lot of different things. The first generation, which you are the first generation mm-hmm. of Disney Channel stars. You're probably one of the first. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, really. Yeah, I guess in that first wave of when they were really launching, um, yeah, all their original movies and everything. Yeah, there was the Jersey, yes. and there was um, the famous Jet Jackson, and a lot of those I think were shooting in. Well, the Jersey was in in Burbank or something like that, but Jet Jackson I believe was in Canada, and it was like it was a big show for them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, all Disney Channel had was like Mickey Mouse Club re repurposed, like you know reruns, and they did a lot of concert content. Like yes, I did go right? to a concert. I did go to a Disneyland concert. Yeah. Yeah. This one was like a random stage, but yeah, there was some of those events sometimes that they'd be like, Hey, do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. It was fun. Mm -hmm. It was a fun time to be around. And so weird. That was another one too. Oh yes, of course. In the early days. Yes. Oh my gosh. So weird. I almost forgot about that show, which should not be forgotten. It was a great show. No, it was. Yeah. So they were experimenting with all of these different like very different shows. Mm-hmm. And now when we look at them, it's it's almost like you know the content you're getting when you're turning on a Disney Channel show. Like, yes, there's variations of it. Is it animated? Is it not? Yes, yes. But, but like for the most part, it's branded very specifically. Whereas when we were kind of coming on board to it, we were bringing that essence, I feel, that a lot of those casting people were talking about, that varied, nuanced performance that like, 
you know, I went to high school with Lee Thompson Young. He was a really deep individual. He oh, was he was. He was amazing. Mensa, right? Yeah, like he was yeah, in Mensa. He was he brilliant. Was, yeah. He went to USC. Like, he was top of his class. Like, he was an amazing human being that we lost he, way too soon. Way too soon. He was, I think I only met him once or twice, and he just was so sweet. And I worked with a studio teacher that had worked with him, and, and she just was like, no, you have no idea how brilliant he is like yeah. truly, Lee, truly Lee went to my school. He graduated with me oh, at wow. PCS. So PCS for people who don't know is called professional children's school props to them. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful private school. It is a bit, it is a bit pricey, but they always worked <laughs> with me on financial aid because I needed it. And they really, really got That's me awesome. through. Yeah. They got me through and, and, um, Shout out to Dr. Dawson, who was the principal, and I think he's still, or the headmaster, he's still the headmaster. But we had oh, wow. the most elite people at that school. Like, we had Macaulay Culkin and his family were all there, Kiernan and everybody, Scarlett Johansson, you name it. Like, were you ever going to go there, or was the independent learning environment working for I you? I don't think so. Yeah, it was learning for me. I was always, it was working for me. It was always, um, I always loved school, and I was, like, I truly loved it, so I... I feel like I adapted pretty well and it was always it was always a priority for my family and I throughout my life because it was it was just something that always kind of grounded me in the sense of like no matter you know what I was filming or not doing or whatever I knew I could come back and kind of center around my studies and got it that was why I ended up even though like I started college right out of high school and then I worked a bit and kind of was like uh eh, do I need to finish that's why in my early 20s, I ended up going back and, and finishing and getting my degree because I was, you know, I wanted to like have that grounding again and kind of, you know, learn about myself a little bit more outside of the outside of the business and, and all yeah. of that. I, I loved it. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I was there for that, though. Uh, a part of it, at least on the tail end of it. When we re- when we really were. reconnected, which yes. was really cool. But yeah. the cool part was is that I feel like Kim was always there and always rooting for me. And always a safe space, even during times of like sort of just like confusion, because, you know, transferring over from being a a, a young actor to then becoming sort of like this like early 20s Hollywood world, like it's not easy. Oh, no. Like after (laughs) after the Disney Channel days and getting to see you here and there, Mm -hmm. um, we kind of went in different directions. So can you just fill me in? Because I think I have an idea of it, but... Where were you, say, after the Halloween Town stuff? Like, where did you go from there? You kept working. I kept, yeah. Did you go I, back to New York? Did you want to do theater? No, I was, I stayed in, in California the whole time. Right. I just was working even through my, uh, in my high school, like, graduation. I, I was working on bringing down the house at the time and, like, had to negotiate my graduation day off and was like, okay, well, can, can we get our prom day off too? And they were like, no, we can't do the prom. We can do the graduate. Like it was a whole thing, but which I appreciated <laughs> that, you know, yeah. they were willing to do, but I ended up working half a day, the day of my prom working half the day, they shot me out. And then I went to, then Aww. I went to prom. But anyway, um, who was your prom date? Well, you see the school that I, I had a girlfriend go with me and then uh-huh. we had a part of the dance where we had our, one of our parents come in. And we, as a school, because our graduating class, I was in this like umbrella organization that for kids that did independent study. So there wasn't a ton of, like my graduating class, I think was only like 18 people, but it was. Mine was 50, so it's not that much more. Yeah, not that much more. But we, so we had like sports teams and it kind of gave some like social and other 
uh, events and stuff like that. But so yeah. my prom was actually like on a yacht in Marina Del Rey. <laughs> and nice. we had like, so we had the fun dinner aspect of it. But then one part of it was with like my dad came and uh, we got to take swing dancing lessons leading oh, up to fun. the prom. So I actually have a picture uh, from our set photographer bringing down the house with my dad in a tux and Queen Latifah like hanging out on set talking. And I was like, well, this is a snapshot of my life. Like at the time, you know, I was like working and then going, you know, going to prom and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like it was, you know, I was loving life at that point, but what was it like to work with Queen Latifah? We've been watching her a lot. My daughters are currently obsessed with little mermaid and she, when I tell you did the most amazing Ursula in the live uh, version. I I saw that version. I have to watch that. Do I yourself loved a favor. Little Mermaid as a kid. Okay, well, do yourself yeah. a favor. When I tell you that there is no other Ursula better in a live action than, in my opinion, I forgot than Queen that she did that. I want to see her in it. She was incredible. She just is so down to earth. Came up. I mean, that it really says a lot when you go to a, a big table read, starting a big film like that that just had. I mean, Eugene Levy and Gene Smart and Joan Plowright and Betty White, Steve Martin, all the you know, just all the greats. And you go into a room like that, and it's so intimidating. And it, she just walked right up, introduced herself, gave me a hug. So happy to have you here. And we just, it, she felt like an old friend immediately. And that's kind of the way everybody was on set. Like it just it was, was just had a experience. fun time making a fun movie. Like yeah, yeah. It was now it, you've it been just, pretty lucky, but have I mean you don't have to name names, but have you had a negative experience on set? Like have you ever felt like oh this energy's I've, bad? I've had little things here and there, it, yeah. not. Nothing crazy and nothing, good. you know, like, but for the most part, and I think some of those situations were actually kind of fun for me because they kind of teach you about yourself and you kind of go, okay, well, how, you know, did I handle that the way I wanted to or whatever? You get to like kind of stretch out of your comfort zone and go, okay, well, this is how I would respond in this situation. And you kind of, you know, you get to learn about yourself, like, in yeah. those moments. And I didn't go anything uh, through anything that was too stressful or too traumatic or anything like that. But, you right. know, I, I had silly things like girlfriends of, of guys that I had to date in the movie come and like watch the whole time as if, you know, as if something oh, was going to happen or like little things that like, yeah. you know, that were, yeah. I guess those were kind of those elements of like those high school type things that I went through uh-huh. on set versus, you know, in public school. So. So speaking of dating and co-stars and whatnot, I mean, it's inevitable that we have to talk about your no, paramour. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and I'm actually, I don't know, I'm sure you've talked about this maybe on other podcasts, but please, like, I'm excited to get the dish. When we reconnected and we were, we were really getting to spend more and more time with each other, I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And of course, my little world became very different and I wasn't able to hang out as much. And then, of course, we moved to Orange County. Yes. And you had mentioned at some point in that time frame that there was somebody that you were going to just like hang out with. And, <laughs> and you Which were like, what yeah, I thought I mean, it was going to be. Yeah. You were like, yeah. this is what it is. You're like, I don't know what it is. You know, I've had a lot going on, but like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to try it out and see. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, right. it was very, it was very unexpected. We had first reconnected. I I reached out to him because I wanted him to do some sketches for my YouTube channel. Uh-huh. And I thought it would be fun to, for the fans, just to see somebody that they knew. And I hadn't, 
I guess, seen him for, I guess, a, at least a good 10 years, maybe 15, because we worked together in Halloween Town 2. About- Daniel. Daniel, yes. Yes. Daniel, Daniel Coons, who played uh who played Cal in how Should I say boyfriend or partner at this point? Like he's your partner. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean either like, I, I guess yeah, either interchangeable <laughs> at this point. Right. Um right. but yeah, he we had worked together when I was sixteen and and on a little then, movie. On just a little movie and had played, <laughs> you know, he was my my arch nemesis. And uh then hadn't seen each other for at least 10 to 15 years, because we'd hung out a little bit after filming. But had you had a crush on him? No. Like, anything? Yeah. No, we got along really well, like, okay. during filming. Had a great time. And, Interesting. But no, there was nothing like that at the time. He was with somebody, right. and it just wasn't, Oh, you know, sure. Sure. Yeah, so it just, but... Uh, but wait, was his the girlfriend that came to set? It was... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, because no, totally that different been, movie. like, she was right. No. <laughs> no, totally different movie. Um... So we we had hung out a couple of times after working together, but then we yeah. just we kind of stayed like Facebook friends for like fifteen years, and then sure. I was like, oh, that would be cool. So I reached out yeah. to him, and um, so we ended up getting together to uh, like have a drink and just chat and catch up, right. and um, and then and and started developing sketches with some friends of mine from from Second City and UCB, and then things just started unexpectedly kind of turned romantic and I was like oh neither of us were looking for it at the time or anything you know but that's kind of when it when it happened so it was uh yeah it was really fun to be able to it it, it was nice because we knew each other but also we're getting to know each other again kind of as older adults and you know we had that friend aspect that kind of you know led to more which was you know it's kind of nice when it happens like that I mean, I think it's super singular in the way that you guys shared such an important sort of like, that's just just an important time for so many people that it blows their minds to see you guys together. (laughs) And so you guys end up like kind of having fun and starting to riff with TikToks and stuff. And so like now you guys do a lot of TikToks together and it's amazing. He's a good sport. Yeah, I I find some, (laughs) you know, there's been some fun ones. He'll usually jump in on some fun uh, trending dances that I feel like we can get away with doing that we don't look like we're, you know, trying to be silly, you know, like some of the dances that come up, I'm like, oh, okay, no, that's, no, yes. that's not, that's not happening. I'm but, terrified, um, terrified of trying too. to do a TikTok dance. I'm like, I wish I could do that. No. Some of them are, I just think some are a little bit easier than others and I go for the easy ones and then Good. he dances around and makes the best expressions and then like it, you know, he just. He has a lot of fun with it. And so the fans over the years have just been having, uh, it's been so much fun communicating with them and like, you know, seeing their reaction to it all. Because we waited a bit before I posted it. It was a couple, maybe a year It was like a year or two. Yeah. It was a bit. And then. Well, and he wasn't a part of everything you were doing. So like you had your YouTube channel, you said, like you were doing Mm -hmm. it for a little bit before he came on board. Like what were you, you were launching when had you launched it? I had started it so early on and didn't, I think when I first started, I didn't know quite like what to do with it. And then I, it slowly kind of developed where I was, I was doing more like vlogging and stuff like that. And then after I, uh, I trained it at second city and, and, uh, upright citizens brigade with improv for a while. And then I was like, Oh wait, I want to like, I can do, I can film sketches and that sort of thing. And then I ended up going into like, 
writing and filming my own stuff. So that was, that was when I started to want to do like more original comedy and that kind of thing. Yeah. And and started bringing more people in to, you know, to have some fun with me. Yes. I mean, and that's what I don't think if people don't know, because they know you from this legacy of all the amazing things that you were, where you were like the main hero, heroine. And, um, I get that. Trust me. I get that. But like, (laughs) you also have this amazing film career with like, be cool. That was, that was a really fun one. Yeah. I remember seeing her in be cool and she's just like super amazing, completely believable goth chick. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I was like blown away. I've heard tons of people talk about tumbleweeds, but that's going way back. But that, but, but, you know, what I loved about your career is that you really, really, and I don't, and I don't mean this lightly and I don't say this lightly. You could, you could be an indie queen tomorrow. Like you, I feel like mm. could have, you could have a career and an Oscar in your fifties and sixties. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like your career you. is that's just getting going because you have that, you have that talent and, and it's not going to go away. And if anything, it's just going to, people are just going to eventually be able to see you for who you are. And like, I hope that I can, I Thank can you. have that too. But basically it's great to see us expanding, empowering ourselves, doing different things, connecting with our fans. Cause we care about them. Absolutely. You certainly care about your fans. Like you're always going places and traveling, especially around Halloween, right? That is usually my busiest time of year, but I love doing I love doing appearances and and conventions and stuff like that because the the fans have I mean they are the reason that decoms and and all of it is still talked about and still so much in the culture and everything. I could have never people ask me all the time, well, okay, so did you know like when you were filming it that it was going to be this film, you know, this cult film. And I'm like, no, like we didn't even know we were going to, you know, be able to do a sequel or more. Like it it was so new at the time. And it's been like this, you know, pardon the pun, but magical adventure to watch <laughs> it grow, you know, with Disney Channel and, and just and, become. And now it's actually not even belonging to Disney Channel, in my opinion. These memories that we've given these kids, they, they far outweigh the hold that Disney has within its streaming service or channel. Like these yeah. kids, they love us independent of the DCOMs and, mm-hmm. and and the memories that we were able to give them. And I'm sure that we're grateful to, you know, the Gary Marshes out there that were in charge at the time. But at the same time, this is what we've created. This is our legacy that our childhoods and all of the predating experience that we had in New York and all mm-hmm. the training and all of the sacrifice that, you know, we kind of, did have to make to get to that point led Mm. us to be those young performers and it was a privilege I know you don't take that lightly as well you're just like me absolutely I'm so grateful and and I so appreciate I mean I appreciate that anybody watches anything that I do but it's incredible that they still watch it year after year and then to be a part of family's traditions and I get so many notes all the time of just what it you know means to their family and and to them and there have been so many days now that I've been having a rough day and I get a note from somebody that just touches me so deeply. And it's like, it gives back to me in a different way. Cause people always ask me like, Oh, are you ever tired of talking about Marnie? And right. Or, you know, do you ever get sick of it? And like, and I'm like, that would be awful. First of all, because it's not like they, the Why, fans what do are you the reason that it's a part of, you know, like yeah. that it's a part of everything. And, and, if I can bring a little bit of joy to anybody, especially now, but like, that's, 
that's such a privilege and and this is um, true nostalgia did not exist the way that it exists now and for us specifically mm-hmm. in when we were growing up it just this is a yes. whole new phenomenon in the way that people are sort of glomming on to this this past in a way that's almost cathartic and it's not yeah. just oh get over it like it's it's just not that simple and people no. listening to this obviously are fans and um <laughs> following you and so okay so what what are we can we just get you or can I help you produce some sort of amazing <laughs> not official like Halloween Town esque movie. Like, what what do you want to do with your future? Like, what are your goals? What are your wildest dreams? The fans definitely. I mean, they they would love to see. Uh, you know, another. They ask me all the time, and I'm like, well, oh, sure. they know they know that I'm open to it if they you know ever decide yeah. to pull that trigger. Like, and it's right. But it's that's another thing that still amazes me is just that that I get literally asked that every day on social media, and it's just. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such an honor that people, you know, still want to, still want to see what's going on, but. Well, and um, if it wasn't Halloween Town though, I'm sure it could be a character that you create that's mm-hmm. you now, that represents the kind of woman you are now, and, or even just that kind of archetype of a heroine yes. in a magical world. And in like. A, yes. Because again, I was like, actually we reading a book, a couple books lately that I was like, oh, this would be a fun this this kind of story would be a fun story to kind of like be a more um m- you know mature side of like a lot of that of that genre you know yeah. um yeah. there's so much especially that's a, it's such a bigger um genre overall than it was even when Halloween Town first came out i mean the, oh my God, the supernatural Harry and all that yes yeah, absolutely yeah. It, we, we, it was those, before harry potter yeah um, all those amazing characters and and different shows and movies that have come out since that have really just expanded that whole all you know all of the the possibilities and the imagination of that world yeah for sure yeah oh my gosh so good oh Kim thank (laughs) you so much for like sort of just only brushing the surface of sort of who you are I'm always just so happy to chat with you to, to to reconnect to my past and not be ashamed of it because we've worked really hard um, and yeah. it's nice, it's nice to talk about it and in a way that's framed in a really just kind of like, I want to say normal way, but it's, it's a healthy way. Um, you know, I think there's yeah. many ways, there's many ways of looking at it. Like there's days when I have hard days and I want to like blame, you know, or I want to, I want to be negative or I, it's rare by the way, cause I've, I've really mm-hmm. kind of outgrown all of that with empowering myself into making my own opportunities. And you have done an amazing, uh, just you've amazing job at that. You you have built <laughs> just all you know all of these incredible projects. I'm so impressed and ad- ad- admire what you've built over the past few years. Truly, thank you, babe. Thank you so yeah. much. I know you mean that. And and the other cool thing is that I love that you're working with Lacey on Hallmark movies, and you're back into the soap game. What else? Can, where can we find you? Like, tell us. I have, um, I actually did an episode, I don't, I was just thinking, I don't know if I'm allowed to say which one. I, I guest starred on a, a Disney animated show. Oh, good. I did a voice. And I, I don't know if they're, if they've said it yet, but it, it's one of their shows that's on Disney Channel that, um, okay. I'm hoping it's, it's coming out at the end of the year, but. Fun. That was really What was that like? What was that like? It was a Were blast. they like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It had been a minute since I had been in the animated booth like that. You know, I did a, a lot of that when I was younger and I did, you know, Bugs Life and 
I did, I was a voice of silly rabbit trickster for kids for a while <gasps> and like right. cool things like that. But I, it had been a minute and I just, oh man, I had, I had so much fun and it was crazy that we did like a whole episode in like 45 minutes. It's That's incredible. Crazy. The different, yeah. yeah, but, and I just, I so admire people that, um, work in, in that genre so consistently because it's, it's incredible what they, what they do with so, with, you know, so little in, in yeah. front of them without a camera in front of them. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. And you have a beautiful voice too. I don't know if people Thank realize you. that, but your, your <laughs> singing you. voice, your speaking voice, everything. So then where Thank else you. can we find you? Obviously you're on TikTok. You're on YouTube I am so? on TikTok. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm working on some like longer form sketches for that. Cool. So yeah, I'm on that, I'm on Facebook and Instagram too. And then I've got my Etsy shop, which we're, we work on year round. It's grown into graphic tees and keychains. I used, I started it with a custom paintings years ago, but now we do patches and greeting cards and all kinds of stuff. So that's, that keeps my like creative juices flowing when I'm you know, not auditioning and not working, which is, which is nice. That is so fun. I know it is really cool. Okay. Well, there you go. So we've got TikTok, we've got Etsy. And also (laughs) from time to time, you will be able to catch her at a Comic-Con. We just did 90s Comic-Con together. That was a lot of fun. That was a blast. Yeah. I'll be in, uh, I'll be in Gatlinburg in July in Tennessee doing, Daniel's actually doing that one with me. We're doing uh, the Smoky Mountain Fan Fest in July and have a few others probably coming up, but yeah, those I I love those because you kind of you get to get out of um of of like the day to day aspects of of the business and kind of reconnect to um the amazing fans and and why we do why we do all of this and yeah to kind of tie it all back around I think I probably learned that best from from Debbie Reynolds actually because she was so great with her with fans like so appreciative. And, and now that I look back, you know, older, I realize that she kind of showed me what a gift it is to be able to perform and for people and make them happy. And so now that is always just, you know, my, my you get highest to carry goal. the torch. And yeah. My highest awesome. goal is just to try to, you know, just help people have a, have a better day. Amen, lady. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. And, you know, obviously I, I wish you well, and I hope to hang out with you soon. Um, and maybe, maybe even do a double date with, that would uh, be great. Either the yeah, next time you're out this way or it's been a bit, yeah. it's been a minute since I've been in Texas. Well, I love you, Kim. And love I'm always you. here. Thank you. Yeah. For thank you. for. Of course. Thank you for having me. Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham, and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.